0: Everything is turning around for me. This is my testimony. My testimony. Jesus, you have turned my life around. I'm a living testimony. I'm so blinded by your grace you are the truth that lights my way everyone's asking how i'm smiling waiting to make me smile lord you've given me my freedom so i will sing and testify so in the name of jesus i am free (coughs) i am free i am not free Lord. praise the lord so in the name of jesus Broken every chain, and you gave me a new name with the way you changed my story. I just really can't explain it. So, when they ask me how I made it, I'll just point and say, It's you, because I'm standing here today, because I've been delivered by the truth. Also, in the name of Jesus, I am free. I am free. i am my Praise the Lord. Something I'm just saying, thank you. I'm free. I got my freedom. Graceful. Oh, We are free, so we say. Oh. Testify, overcome, make the freedom. Testify, testify, oh I sing a new song. Claim the freedom, testify, testify, make the freedom, claim the freedom, testify. Oh, in the name of Jesus, free. Oh Lord, free. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and I will sing of Your goodness. Sing of your mercy. I got my freedom. Somebody look, look, look. Come and see what the Lord has done. I got my freedom. And I will dance and sing.
1: Okay, you can't actually because you're down there, you're not on the stage. (laughs) Um, But we, I can invite you up to the stage actually, let me invite you up and then it will allow you to speak, you kind of got to accept it. It's here, we're actually going to be talking about facts versus feelings today and recognising the difference. I wanted to pose a question. Hey Lucy, how are you? I'm good. Oh, it's us to win the room, but we're gonna be talking anyways. How's life? How's things? It's oh, I am fantastic, honestly. I'm just on to high since I finished my course,
2: everything is
1: just good. I really oh, love that. And have you got a job now in what it is that you wanted to do? I sure do. Oh that day when I was listening, I was just getting ready for my interview, but I said, yeah, I've got the job, so... I love that, and I love that you went for it. You not only worked for it, but you're actually getting what you deserve. That's why it's great to put the work in, all that hard work paid off. Yes, I love that. So this we're actually going to be talking about facts versus feelings. I anticipate that it would be a quick run. And people will probably join us. But one thing I was wanted to ask the room is would you say that you are currently faith in it through life or affecting it through life? Mm. <clears throat>
2: so I would currently say I am. Fa- is it affecting it, did you
1: say? Yeah, affecting it or faith in it? Facting it, faith. Faith in it through life, yeah. And t- I'm going differences for you between fact in it and faith in it.
3: So, faith, I would say, is like
1: being God led or
2: spirit led, so you're praying, believing, you know, in God and that things are going to work out for you, trusting in
1: Him. And fact in it, I would
2: say, like, it's just
1: hoping and wishing. Oh. I think. Oh that's very interesting because people who are not necessarily religious or spiritual they find it hard to have faith because technically having faith is evidence and stuff that's not seen whereas the fact in it is facts do you see what I mean so it's like it could be a fact that if I I don't know go to work um, and I have a degree it's likely that I'll get a job that supports that degree, whereas a faith-based person would say, no, I know I'm qualified and I'm going to get the job without the degree, without the evidence, without the facts. Right. But it's interesting because even the way that you used it for yourself, it was saying that, you know, you stand in a belief that's greater than yourself, um, yet it works out for you. Do you see what I mean? And you believe that that is possible. You believe that allowing that essence into your life is allowing things to work for you most definitely i think doing this course
2: helped me to be faithless because i definitely used to be, you know factless and i was like oh you know well if i don't pass this assignment i'm not gonna you know that, that was it that was the end for me i was like i'm never gonna do it but when you just put your faith and your trust and your belief in god and and in yourself as well you know that's how I feel like I got through this course, if I, was, if I was
1: just based on facts. I I'm love past, that. I love that so much because that's another thing. Sometimes the reason why I actually wanted to do this room is because I find that people find it hard to live in faith because they're so used to living in the facts, right? They're so used to going my bank balance won't allow me to do that, my education won't allow me to do that, you know, Um, my family commitment or the best one, time, and these are kinds of things that are facts, you've got a certain amount of time in the day, you've got a certain amount of qualifications, you know, you have got commitments, but when you actually step out of that and you start creating something different you actually are able to live something different but i think that people think it goes the opposite way where you've got to actually um stand like you've got to wait until it's built before you can stand in the belief
2: Mm, yeah yeah. for me i think this year has
1: definitely been i love that so how did you get to that place of really trying to be of And I don't even like the word trying, but allowing yourself, should I say, to be faith-led. What's different about this year compared to any other year, for example?
2: So I just had to let go of certain things, you know, let go of the idea that I was never going to, I'm not good enough or, you know, I was never going to make it. I just had to be like, you know, Lucy, you're doing this course for a reason, like, you know this is
1: something that you've always wanted to do you've prayed about it and you're doing it so you, I just kind of let go of like things and, I love that and that's was so amazing because in the last couple of weeks we've been looking at influence in Elevate and under influence we've really been talking about what are we under the influence of and when God first gave me the word because he just gives me a word And when he first gave me the word influence, I was like, "Ah, well, what's you want to make me do with that? Like what? I was thinking he was going to give me words like faith and love and purpose and, you know, these stuff. And when influence was chucked in the mix, I was like, what is that? But it has been so enlightening to see what we are actually under the influence of. And so when you say that this year has been different for you because you had to let go, that's exactly what I've come to the realisation of in influence, is if we're not willing to let go of stuff, we're always under the influence of them. Yeah, exactly. And naturally, that can be our limiting beliefs. Do you see what I mean? That could be because you think you're not good enough. That could be because you haven't got enough time that could be because no one else that you know has done it before so you don't even believe it's possible and all of these stuff is external things influencing our belief yeah
2: well that's so true that really is so true
1: and it's crazy because if you don't know you don't know like do you get what i mean you don't you're just living you're just you're just existing you're just doing what you think you can with the facts that you have yet it's not necessarily true So grand evening everybody, just to reset the room, we got Lucy in here today and today we're feeling, we're feeling about, that's amazing, we're talking about um, facts versus feelings and I asked a question to Lucy and I asked her if she was living a, I asked her if she was facting it or faithing it. And Lucy said, what did you say, Lucy? Lucy said she's faithing it. And I asked yeah. her what was the difference. And what did you say the difference for you between faith in it and fact in it was? So for me,
2: faith in it is being spiritless or, you know, believing in yourself or in God. And um, knowing that, you know, everything is kind of worked out, destined out. Faith acting it
1: is like wishing and hoping that you're gonna get the results or you know that's that's the difference for me and i loved it because with lucy's difference i was like it's really funny because in my opinion people would reverse that so the facts are what people actually live based on the reality the past the the things which they know to be true that would be facting it. Whereas faith in it is believing in the unseen. And there's not necessarily anything to support it apart from your belief system that it's possible and that it's true. And the irony is, we're pretty much saying the same thing, but almost in reverse. Because when many people live a fact based life, they need solid evidence. They need solid evidence to make things happen. When people need a faith, lead a faith based life. They're believing in things that are not that are not seen and so when I really started to break this down um, we were just chopping up on what that looks like in terms of influence and the thing is why many people find it hard to move into faith is because they have lived in logic for their whole life and logic is really funny because logic means that there's facts Logic means that you have a reasoning and whether that reasoning is you don't have enough time, whether that reasoning is commitment, whether that reasoning is financial, there are facts that stop you from moving as much as there are facts that make you make certain decisions. Yet when you flip it and you start to face it, you're doing it like running off the edge. You're doing it like jumping off a cliff. You're doing it like, because the only thing that you're feeling to trust in is your next step, is your next move. You don't need any evidence. And for many people that can be so scary. And what I really started to recognize is this is why I named the room closed mouths do not get fed. Because there is a difference in the person that allows their stuff to be allows things to be what they are, allows the facts not to make a difference to their feelings. And what's interesting is people that are logical tend to allow their feelings to dictate their logic. Yet feelings aren't facts. People who are faith-based allow their feelings to penetrate their faith. So how do our feelings have so much of a part to play in whether we're fact in it or we are faith in it? Lucy, do you feel or can you feel anything about your feelings and why they play a part in whether you're choosing to believe in something based on faith or based on facts? And anyone in the audience, you can join this conversation. Just raise your hand. It's actually a conversation on this Wednesday. What I find interesting is um, I was really looking at this a little bit deeper. And when me and Lucy were talking earlier, I said to her, why, what's the difference? Because she said this year she's really gone out on faith. and I was like, what is the difference from this year to any other year that's allowed you to step into faith this year? Uh, Lucy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, great. And what did you say the difference was? I just said
2: I started believing in myself. I know that um, I had to let go of certain things in order to grow and get to where I wanted to be. And I just know that, like from last year. I was on to certain
1: things. I just I wasn't growing. I wasn't, you know, getting to where I wanted to be. So I know for myself, I had to let go. Love that, <laughs> and I think that is the most valuable thing as to why the feelings make such a difference to whether you can faith it or whether you can live a life based on facts because the minute that you decide to let go, the minute that you decide, you know what, things have happened, but my current destination isn't my final destination, you're gonna have to release some things. You're gonna have to let go of some things. And often that's the part that we don't do. That's the part that we don't know how to do. And I remember being in a room years ago, for those of you that have done something called Landmark, you will recognise the conversation. They draw a diagram and it's like a circle on a board. And then they say something about, this is what we know. Then they draw another circle. And then they say, this is what we think we know. And then they draw a wider circle around both of those circles. And then they go, this is what we don't know. And then they say something along the lines of, do you believe that your past has made you who you are? And I wanna pose that question to the room. So it's Wednesday. I know that some of you are um, busy and you're multitasking. So I'm gonna invite the rest of you to the stage just to have the conversation. And the question I wanna ask you guys is, do you believe that your past has made you who you are? Lucy, you can go ahead and answer if you're available.
3: Yeah, God, this is a hard one because
2: <laughs> this could either come like as a negative or a positive in, <laughs> in a way because, because I have always been like a quiet person and quite
3: reserved and an introvert. So being that yeah. has made
2: me who I am now because I am still that person. But then I can say like, life experiences, um, you know, and love, like going through different life experiences has helped me to love myself more, and value myself, trust myself, so that's where I am, so if that makes sense, it's kind of like, yes, it has, but probably
1: negative and a positive. I love that, I love that answer, beautiful. Miss Julie, welcome to the stage, grand evening evening how are you I'm good thank you so how, well. what do you say do you believe your past has made you who you are um, yes yes I think it has made me
3: um, who I am I have,
2: I have I, I've allowed it to to a certain extent um, but now I'm I'm actually in a phase where my future is making me who I am, who I am now, now that I am, now, now that I'm elevating, now that I'm finding myself, that, that section of me, that part of me is
1: now dropping off. I love that. I'm hearing you. I'm loving these answers, ladies. Cece, do you believe, grand evening, by the way, evening. Do you believe your past has made you who you are? Um,
2: I believe that what I've carried from my past has made me who I am.
3: but I
1: believe it's a choice. I love that. So I like that you've all kind of pretty much said the same thing in context to the fact that it's made you who you are in a good and bad sense but it definitely has been out of choice and so when I first heard that statement I fought the man down to the ground and I was like yes And he was like does it and I said yes it does like I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have my past I like everything that I've been through has made me who I am And he's like, no, it hasn't. I said, yes, it has. What do you mean? Like, all that I've been through has made me who I am. And he's literally like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, it's a choice. And I was like, what? Obviously, at that point, I didn't have as much awareness to even believe that I had as much of a choice in creating everything that I was living I didn't realise I had as much power to do that. But when I really started to recognise that I did have that power, I was like, okay, I understand. Because ultimately, nothing has to mean anything. Making anything mean anything is a fundamental choice. You have the ability to have somebody call you the worst thing. And it means nothing. As much as you have the ability for somebody to call you the worst thing and you replay that for the rest of your life. And so whether those exact same words uplift you, inspire you, empower you, heal you, condemn you, abuse you, you have a choice as to what you make that mean, hence the feeling attachment. Just the same way you could go through any experience in life, whether good or bad, and you can choose whether that experience is for you, or whether that experience is against you. And again, it's a choice. So the past has nothing to do with what we are now. The only reason that it has something to do with what we are now is because we haven't allowed it to be we haven't let it go. And many people, especially generations above our generation, my generation, so some of the generations that may be listening to this or in the room that are older, and especially generations before that, they have a fundamental belief that our roots and what we're anchored in is so important that we have to hold on to it. And honestly, we don't, not consciously, why? Because subconsciously and consciously, like in the highest consciousness of all, We have everything we need and we are surrounded by all that we need. So, what does the knowingness, what does the fact, what does the logic have to do with anything?
3: Does anybody on the stage understand that? Oh, you all.
1: Go on, I was a bit lost.
3: Sorry, I mean, I was trying to understand
2: certain parts of it, but I just got a
1: little bit. So, for instance, do you know how we would go? Um, we might go. It's really important to have to believe in something. So many of us may have been raised, been raised religious, for instance, and whether that's Christianity, Islam, um, Judaism, whatever. There's a certain foundation that we've had planted in us and that's come down through generations and the reason why that has come down is because people will say it's important to know where you come from it's important to know what you believe in it's important to have a foundation to believe in something bigger and so without questioning that idea many of us believe it And so when we go on to have our children or our families, we will automatically put in the same beliefs, just as much as we might go in certain families, family is so important. Family is like everything. So you will see the family, that's the uncle, the aunt, the sister, the grand, the brother, all, everybody's a close-knit family. Where in other families, the only family that counts is mum, dad, and children. And if you grow up in a family where it's basically focused on mum, dad, and children, it's likely that when your children grow up and leave the home, they have the same foundation, mum, dad, children, mum, dad, children. So over time, families break off and go their own way, because that's the belief that the family has. Whereas if you grow up in another family where the bigger the family is, it's important to speak to your gran, your auntie, your uncle, your cousins, your sisters, your brothers, that's naturally passed down. Normally, people don't question those types of beliefs, because it's just you're just around it, it's just generational, it's just passed down. However, if you naturally consciously have everything that you need, all of the time, you don't have to have the same belief that your parents had, whether that's religious, whether that's about family, whether that's about anything else. And normally when our feelings are attached to things and the reason why we can't completely step out on faith with anything is because we've got these feelings that are anchored in us. Like this is right and that is wrong. And those right and wrong becomes feelings. And when those feelings then show up in instances, we're never able to go, oh, you know what? That doesn't actually matter. Because it's so embedded in us to believe that is right and that is wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you're the kind of, you was raised and they said to you, Lucy, Lucy, you never speak back to an adult, which is a standard belief for many families. You don't ever speak back to an adult. You might grow up and be the kind of person that not only teaches that to your children, but still to this day, you may never speak up to an adult, even if they hurt you, even if you feel disrespected, even if you feel that something is out of line, because it's a belief that's been taught to you and you've made it mean something over such a long period of time, that now you believe it. Do you get what I mean?
2: Yeah, 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 I definitely understand that. And it is true, and I do find that in my family with religion, you know, it's from, especially for my mum. So, yeah, I, I do understand what you're saying. And it's, um, it can be really hard sometimes because, as you were saying, like, you know, you might want to, I don't know, have a different faith than what your grandparents had or your mum had, or, you know, but then when you do, you're kind of seen as,
1: the bad one or the one that the outcast yeah, the, the black outcast. sheep the one yeah. that stepped outside of the family <laughs> exactly but um, yeah and it's also because we don't it's again it's because we make things mean so much we we make facts be the deciding factor for everything whereas You might be the one person in your family that needs to experience a different level of your religion, a different level of spirituality, a different level of culture, so that you can bring something back to the family that they didn't understand before. But if we have these attachments and these feelings of right and wrong, up and down, we're not actually living a faith-based life because we were so attached to things. We're still under the influence of so many different things. And gradually we're having to sift off these layers that naturally we wouldn't have had if people who raised us, people who were around us, people who supported us lived more in faith than they did in feelings and facts. And that's why I've named the room closed mouths do not get fed. Because you have to reach a place where you do really let go. And letting go could be layers and it could be years and it could be through different circumstances, but it's the letting go that brings the freedom. It's the letting go that brings the faith, because when you've no longer got no evidence to stand on, now you can really build trust. because you're a skin, with a knowingness that it's going to come true yet no evidence. you're believing that things are possible yet no evidence You're seeing things that not necessarily manifested yet, but you're seeing them like they're here, no evidence. And this type of living can only come from you being in a certain level of a relationship within yourself that's so divine, that is a divine relationship with everyone else and everything else. But not everybody gets there because again, we are not willing to stop living on
3: facts. We
1: use facts to support so much things that we do. And the feelings that are sometimes attached to the facts can have a negative effect. Whereas the feelings that can be attached to faith, oh my God, do you know what those feelings can do? That momentum. And they're two different levels. And as I was looking at this deeper, to give you guys like some ideas and concepts in the room, I started to recognize that realistically, it's your left side of your brain versus your right side of your brain. The left side of the brain has the logic, is linear, is based on facts and then analyzing things. The right-hand side of your brain is based on creativity, imagination, holistic, art, and feelings. And it's really funny that although you may sometimes bounce between the two, because many people might just touch their feelings in the right-hand side of the brain, but do they step into their creativity? Do they step into their imagination? Do they step into using art? Or how much of us just stay on the left-hand side of our brain where there's logic and it's very functional, it's very doing, it's very factual-based. So when you guys hear it like that, those of you that are on the stage or in the room and want to join the conversation, which part of your brain do you naturally allow yourself to function from more? Because that alone will tell you whether you are... Faithing it or facting it? Miss Julie, what side of your brain have you been dancing with the most?
2: How did I know you were gonna ask me that question? (laughs) (laughs) I I knew you would. Um, I have spent the majority of my life using my left side of my brain. When I was younger, I must admit, it was my right side. I was very creative. I loved drawing, I loved making things. writing poems, singing, dancing, all the things to do with arts and crafty. Um, And then I don't know when it happened, but the left side took over. I think coming into teenage years and adulthood and having to look after myself, my left side kicked in. And that's the, the left side has been dominant for the majority of my life. Thinking, facts, doing, get this done, get that done literally it's like a, a robot really when I think about it now when I look back now very little feeling all the again just thinking 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 right what should I do here what should I do there that's majority that I've done I can say now today it's definitely my right side but I'm, I'm learning I'm having to practice and get back into using the right side um A lot of things that, um, imagination for one, when we had the um, video the other day on imagination and I suddenly thought, oh my God, I haven't used mine for ages, why not? I'd even forgotten it was there, because you're just so, well, I have been so used to just thinking, 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 but it doesn't serve me, definitely not, because where I'm at now is definitely where I'm supposed to be, and it feels so right, it feels so much better.
1: I love that. And I think that's the point that I was trying to get in terms of the difference with the feelings. Although feelings are attached to both, when you're feeling your way through life being logical, I don't know about y'all, but for me, it feels hard. It feels like there's more resistance. It feels like there's more pressure. When I'm feeling my way through life being more creative and being more in faith and really tapping into the right hand side of my brain feels completely different and the craziest thing is we absolutely need both we need the logic we need logic in situations but my thing is how often are we allowing ourselves to balance between the two how often are we allowing it to open up How often are we allowing ourselves to be like, okay, cool, I need logic to build the discipline, the structure, the format. Yet if I can live in my imagination and my creativity, I can create something that transforms my circumstances. The crazy thing about when we see ourselves in the left hand side a lot is we're under a lot of influence. We're under a lot of external stuff external things is having a pressure on us, as opposed to this internal relationship that happens when you tap into the right-hand side. Cece, how does it feel for you? Um,
3: i done both, so I think that
2: I can understand it. I spent a lot of time In the logic, trying to protect myself, feeling like I had to, or thinking that I had to think my way through things. Um, Feeling is definitely a lot easier because it's—it's just—it's fluid, it's natural,
3: it's like breathing.
1: I love that. Are you finished? (laughs) I love that. It's the ability to be able to feel your way through and know when to think things through and actually know that there's a significant difference. And I think that sometimes as well, some people actually can't move, can't be abundant, can't be super prosperous in what they do because they live in feeling. And we have to balance as much as we can feel our way through things as much as we can be creative and as much as we can be imaginative there is a certain amount of logic that has to kick in it's kind of like being a parent um for me there are moments where my
2: children fully allow me to step out of reality and be somewhere completely different um like when I'm playing with them and I'm, I'm like actively involved in their games and like even this morning I was getting my son um, ready to go out the door and I said to him you know you need to get your clothes on and he said powering down and he just dropped his head and done this <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's
2: done this whole <laughs> power down so he didn't have to get ready And I was like, (laughs) you know what? It was a fun game. It was a fun game to play and it allowed us to have fun while getting ready in the morning. Even though my logical self says we've got time to be out the door. You know, like we've got deadlines to meet. We need to move. But we made it fun. He powered back up and dressed himself with his robotic arms and legs and it was hilarious. But... It, it like there is a time to use your imagination and there are ways in which you can use your imagination and ways in which you can be creative. Um, and that being a perfect example, we have to get ready for school regardless. But if I can make it fun, if we can play a game, if we can kind of race against the clock to do it, you add that bit of fun, you add that bit of excitement, you add that bit of creativity, but you're still logically doing what you've got to do you know you're thinking your way through because structurally I've got to be at school at a certain time I've got to move at a certain time but it's great that my children get to go to school and have had fun in the mornings they're not weighed down their inner voice is saying yes I'm excited I'm ready for the day so both
1: I love that and I also think that sometimes as an adult we lose that we lose the creativity of just having a creative day. And I think it's because if we don't associate it to anything, you know, like if we don't associate it to common arts, dance, drama, singing, yada, 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 we kind of forget that we can be creative. We can be creative in the way that we create our day. We can be creative in the way that we get things done. We can be creative in the way that we work towards our dream or or build that house. You know, it doesn't have to be so facts, facts. Like I don't have enough, so it's not gonna happen. I don't have the time, so it's not gonna happen. Okay, you don't have the, the, the time, so how do you make the time? You don't have the funds, so how do you create the funds? You don't have the vision, so how do you get around people that can help you build your vision? You don't have the stamina, so how do you build your stamina? It's about that kind of dance. It's about recognizing that when the element of faith kicks in, it says, I don't have it. I don't have anything that supports it, but what I've got is a belief. A belief that's so strong that I can create and manifest anything. And in order to do those things, I'm going to have to work with both. That's the rhythm. That's the algorithm. That's the vibe of this conversation. That's understanding why when you start to open your mouth, when you start to open your perspective, when you start to open your ears to really hear what you've been under the influence of, now you understand where you are, why you are there and why you are where you are. Because without the awareness, many of us are waking up every single day and living in our past. Because we're not being prepared to create anything new. We're not prepared to imagine something different.
3: We're not prepared to step out.
1: We're just doing the same things. And all that's changing is the date on the calendar. And then we're wondering why we don't feel full and why we don't feel fulfilled. Because we're living in too much of one thing and not stepping into the other side of our brain. Facts are not feelings, but if you learn to use your feelings, oh God, it's amazing. Miss Bev, grand evening. Thank you for joining us on the stage. Grand
0: evening. How are we? We are great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, when you were do- doing the explanation about the brain and everything, I was my work phone was blown up, so I have not got a clue what that's about. <laughs> um, but I think I heard the first part, which you were saying, were you influenced? Did you say what were you an influ- Were you influenced by what happened in your childhood?
1: Yeah, I was saying were you more influenced by, well, it was actually linked to more the left hand side of your brain or the right hand side of your brain. And I'll just tell you again, the left hand side of your brain is where it's more logical. It's where you analyse things. It's very linear and factual based. The right hand side of your brain is your creativity, creativity. It's your imagination, it's your holistic part, it's the arts and it's the feelings. If you would say for the majority of your life, what side were you influenced by? What would it be? Oh, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, so as a child, definitely in my imagination, it was safe there. It was so safe there. And as an adult, um, the left side, because I had to make strategic moves in order to make sure I didn't end up in the right side, if that makes sense. So whatever it was I was fearful of, I then had to overly think in order to, not that it made any difference, by the way, but in order to protect myself, I had to overthink in order to make sure that I didn't have to end up in my imagination on the right side of my brain.
1: And that's so crazy because as you guys are talking, I'm like... So when we really break it down, guys, right? Naturally, we grow in this right-hand side of our brain. We grow in in arts of learning, like we learn to play. A child loves to play, you know? We, we watch children, their imagination is like, whoo, they're so creative in the way that they, if you see a child learning to crawl, you know, some do that belly crawl. some do the one leg drag, other people do a run, walk. Like, we're just so creative in the way that we do everything. So at what point are we heavily influenced by our left-hand side? When does the logic and the facts and all of that
3: actually kick in? When the pain kicks in. Ooh, explain. What do you mean? I feel like it kicks in when
2: the protective barriers kick in. When life starts happening to us, rather than us being in the place of um, things being experiences. So if we think about children, I don't think any child really looks at life and thinks it's happening to them. I think they have this brush your shoulders off, get up and go again um, kind of attitude that we lose through life experience. When things stop happening and we shift our focus, um, and in shifting our focus, I believe it's a protection. It's a barrier that we put up. I've got to protect my heart because this has happened. I've got to protect my mind because that's happened. Because this, ha- because my dad left, I've got to act like this. Because my mum done this, I've got to become that. Um, it's when we, it's when we become
3: influenced. That's when it changes. Right. Oh. Like it's a very unconscious thing. It's not sort of like, okay, I'm going to think about this because of that. It just seems to be like a,
2: a default, like a go to. It's like you can't pass go until you've done these things to make sure everything's in check. It's weird. For me, I'm, I'm understanding now as I've just read that over in my head. When we accept influence in our life because actually if you think about children you can say to a child eat this and if they don't want it they're not eating it you can say to a child go to bed if they don't want to sleep they're not going to sleep you can you can try to influence a child to a certain point and they are taking in what's around them but they are affected by what they see and believe they can achieve oh that person is telling me to sit down but I don't want to sit down so I'm going to keep pushing this or Don't press that button, they're going to keep pressing it. When we accept influence, and I do think a lot of that's a subconscious
1: decision, that's when it shifts. And it's so interesting that you both say that because I'm thinking of a hot oven. A child has no natural awareness that the oven is hot, neither the iron. And they're just looking at a world around them and they're inquisitive. They are just figuring stuff out. And it takes the parent to step in and say, that's hot. Therefore, influence what that child believes. And so after that, you learn logic. And the logic says to you, don't touch that because it's hot. So when we overstand this conversation, for all of you in the room or on the stage, are you now actually becoming more aware of wow how and where things have seriously influenced your pureness you know that's a really interesting thing because
0: you talk about the iron i remember when my son farron was about i don't know three and a half years old and you know don't touch that it's hot, don't touch her blah 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 and he had this thing about the iron and i kept telling him do not touch the iron because it will burn you So I don't know what happened. I don't know what entered his head. I don't know what process he went through. But that boy burnt himself on the iron to the point that he had an iron print. You know, with all the little, you've got that triangle shape, and then you've got all the little steam. (laughs) He had it on his leg. And you know, that boy didn't scream. It's only when I saw his leg. I said, boy, what happened to your leg? And he, at that point, had made a decision that he was not going to tell me because I'd already warned him not to touch it. And so he
3: would he would prefer to go to feel the pain than to be, I guess, reprimanded for what he'd already
0: been told. Actually, you're not supposed to touch. So he was influenced by the decision, or I suppose the the, the teachings that I'd given him, and he'd done he gone would completely gone
1: against it. Right, and it's just like yesterday I cut myself, or the day before, on this really sharp vegetable blender thing. And I remember when I first brought it, the man was like, "It's so sharp!" Duh, duh, duh but I was moving it out of the, the, um, the, the drawer. And cause I was moving it with such intention when my hand actually touched it, like slit really deep. The shock made me kind of go, oh, like I didn't like the feeling of my skin being slit. But I didn't feel real squeamish until I saw the blood. It was the blood that made me go, oh my God. And then when I looked inside and I saw how deep it is, now, do you understand the stories happening in my head? Oh, oh my God, I've slipped. But the actual feeling at the time wasn't that intense. The same iron that you're talking about. I don't know, I was obsessed with my grand's iron. She used to iron my granddad's shirt. I was told pretty much every day, don't touch that. Not only did I touch it, you know how you might slap the iron like it quick. I held my hand fully on it like a, like a fool. Obviously, because I'd been told no so many times that my whole palm of my hand was a blister. The whole thing was a water bubble because I burnt it so bad. Oh God. Like a whole water bubble, the whole of my hand was a water bubble because that's how bad the burn was. And I will never forget that as a child, but I fully know I haven't forgotten it because I was fully told not to touch it and I fully touched it. And so my point is, when we're actually really coming to the end of this month and we're really starting to think about influence, I don't know for you guys, but for me personally, I really had no idea how much things have influenced me.
2: And I was um, sitting here thinking, and um, for me, when I had to become, as I said, responsible for myself, um how old was I 16 maybe just going on 17 left home that's when if I'm honest that's when my creativity I think I say dwindled away that's when I pushed it to one side because I had to then be logical I had to look after myself um I was in London on my own even though I lived with my sister I had to fend for myself pay my own bills you know find a job and it's just me I didn't know anybody up there apart from my sister um, she's a lot older than me anyway, and, um, and that's when I I had to, yeah, I, I had to be logical. I could, didn't have time for creativity, I didn't have time for imagination. How was that going to get your son, find me a job, you know, bring in money, all those sort, sorts of things, and that's where my, my little brain took me, because when I was at home, I could, I could be creative, I was being looked after and cared for, and so then I was open to all and any influences, like I said, because I was there on my own. I
1: wasn't even with my mum and dad. Yep. Yeah. and do you see how that's where survival mode kicks in? Yes. Do we all see that? Where the influence comes in, that's where we start going, okay, cool, how am I going to survive? And yeah. when survival mode kicks in, logic kicks in, and it's so crazy because in our most amazing self, the creativity would support that
2: being that young though i didn't blissfully unaware literally completely unaware and i can only be aware of what i knew at the time as i said there's a young 16 17 year old lived in slough all my life to be thrust into into london you know the big bad city what 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 did i fall back on i fell back on something that i knew could get me through that would again helped me to
1: survive which was my logic yeah and that's what we all do somewhere in our life we shift into we have to figure this out we have to make ends meet. We, we it's very linear it's very i need to get from a to b i need to make this be that i need to go from here to there and if we get trapped there that's also where we stop living in faith
2: i used to learn. Um say that I wanted to raise my children in America because I feel the mindset and the influence is different Um, the length of time they go to school and feel the way that they are actually fed dreams, fed creativity throughout their school life, I feel like talking about influence our schooling influences us very heavily that in, in in England, the way that our lives are structured, you go to school, but at, at 16, they're having conversations with you, at 15, in fact, they're having conversations with you about what you want to do with your life and who you want to be and what you want to become. And there's a level of pressure put on you um, by society to know what you want to do and know what you want to become. You then go on to spend a couple of years in college, um, four or five years in university, studying. Um, whereas in America, they're in school until 18. Their, their, their schooling system feeds them through the process of a dream, of imagination, of being creative. So I was like, oh, I want to raise my children in America because it's different. How they're brought up is different. So again, when we're talking about it's coming from so many different places, without us even being fully aware of it.
1: And it's having an effect. And when I was really thinking about this, the re- originally the room was going to be called um, "Feelings are not facts," and then I thought. Oh my God, are we facting it or we faith in it? And then I went even deeper to be like, oh my gosh, it's not only feelings versus facts, right? Because the feelings that come with being faith-based, the feelings that say, I believe, I believe, I believe, and it feels good. That's the feelings I'm talking about, compared to the facts that say I've got this, that, or this in place, I can do this, this, that, I've got to make this or that. But what I actually really heard, what we've also been chopping up on is the inspiration versus the influence. And here's what it looks like in real life. So the influence is humans create feelings. No, sorry, I'll start again. This is the inspiration. Humans create feelings and emotions from within. The influence says, Facts are obtained from external forces. The inspiration. Feelings and emotions are a spontaneous response. The influence. Facts are sourced from existing or new knowledge. The inspiration. Feelings and emotions can change according to perceptions. The influence, facts can be distorted if obtained from an unreliable source. The inspiration, feelings and emotions are produced quickly with little effort. The influence, facts take time to be found and relayed in order to support information. The inspiration. Feelings require little thought before they are expressed. The influence. Facts should be adapted to suit the audience. What does that make you guys understand or feel or obtain?
3: Miss Beth. Cece, Julie, I don't know,
2: did it feel nice, no. <laughs> 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 I didn't feel nice.
1: Which one did it feel good? It good.
2: It feel nice. Mm.
1: It doesn't feel good, does it, Julie? No, it does not. It
2: does not. Whereas the the inspiration definitely did. You could definitely feel, feel the difference.
1: And that's what's so crazy. We don't allow ourselves to feel. And when we do, we shut it down because it's not logical.
2: But why would we shut it down when it feels better? Do you you see what I mean? So if inspiration feels better than influence, why are we shutting down the
1: inspiration? Yeah, because we've trained ourselves to do stuff that's logical. So do you know, like, for instance, you could be in a job that just doesn't feel good. And the minute you visualise the job that makes you feel happy and amazing, or, you know, you could be in a relationship that doesn't make you feel good and you could lie there and you could think about the most amazing thing. But guess what? One of them's gonna come at a risk that has nothing to support that is gonna work out. And that's why we don't go. But you know what? For me, sorry, um, I didn't answer
0: earlier. For me, influence feels like it's happening all the time, whether I'm aware of it or not, but inspiration feels like it happens on purpose.
1: There you but go. I like that, I like that. And that's why the month of influence has been so profound to me, because you're not always conscious of what you're actually under the influence of.
0: I make a conscious effort. If if somebody says something and I think,
3: ooh, that sounds interesting, they get my attention, and I think, well, I think I like a bit of that, and then I might say I'm going to do
0: it or I'm going to listen to it or I'm going to watch it or I'm going to read it or you know what they've done is told let me know
1: that it's possible or right but that happens quickly when you're inspired do you understand but the dangerous thing about influences covid was a prime example there was conversations at first people weren't paying attention it wasn't happening in england china had some mad whatever it wasn't affecting us by the time it got fed down to England, because of the conversations, because of how much it was pumped, because of it was everywhere. You know the day where people woke up and they were in absolute fear. It was absolute fear. Whether that was the fear that people, why are they outside? Whether that was the fear of, why are people not wearing masks? Whether that's the fear of the vaccine, whether that was the fear of lockdown, whatever the fear escalated to be. Do you know what the craziest thing was? People didn't know how long it took them to get there. Because they had no idea what was influencing them the whole time. It was, it, everything came to, what is that word, crescendo? Right. It's like, you know, it was, it's,
0: it's what, what they say the straw that broke the camel's back. Little bit of a whisper here a little bit of a whisper there a couple yeah. news reports a couple you know Chinese whispers a couple bits a, a couple you know neighbors down the road they dropped dead a couple before you
1: know it it's like batten down the hatches it ain't safe we're all gonna die but we wasn't aware of how the one conversation with your friend and the one watching the news and the do you know what I mean over time how all of those things yeah. stacked up and created such an impact on us. And that's the danger of us being influenced by so much. You have no idea by taking in all of this stuff from social media every day, every day, every day, every day, until you decide to stop, you've got no idea how that stuff's influencing you. And this is why... You see what I mean? This is why it's important to know the difference. Inspiration is quick. A person speaks, your belly tingles, your gut, ooh. And when that happens, a lot of the time we ignore it. We feel good for the moment and we don't follow through because we don't live in faith. You get a random idea sometimes, the most random idea. You don't take your pen and paper and write it down because it sounds impossible. But yet there are people that take that random idea, write it down and in a year, two years, three years, five years, it's manifested because they believed it. So I wanted this to be a conversation that just reminded each and every single one of us, it's not enough just to be logical out here. It's not enough just to live on facts. It's not enough until all the ducks line up and it makes sense. You've got to be willing to live in the nonsense. You've got to be willing to feel and create and imagine things into reality. You've got to be willing to tap into the right-hand side of your brain and and dance there, stay there, party there. Because we really are creating life every single day of our life. And whether it's the life you want to live or the life that you want to avoid, you're doing that. And whether it's because you're being too logical or you're living in too much faith and not having no strategy, you've got to be able to find the balance that really allows you to create the life that you want to live. Because closed mouths do not
3: get fed. we've got to be aware of what we're feeding ourselves and if we're even feeding ourselves at all sometimes we're so hungry
1: because we're not fulfilled because we're not imagining because we're not visualizing because we're not taking steps because we're not being disciplined so you're hungry and you're not getting fed and so I pray that from this conversation you recognise that when it comes down to influence and facts, it sounds like this. You start, you get an idea, you try it out a bit. You then say, does this support it happening? Then you say no, and then you quit. Or then you go, yeah, this is facts to make it work. So then you go again, and then you use that theory again. And then you discover something new, and then you try it again. And then you go, okay, maybe that didn't work out. So then I'll go back to this. And then you go, okay, again. And then you do it again. And it's like a cycle of this questioning, a cycle of just trying, the cycle of just getting to the next best thing. Yet when you live in inspiration, and then the feeling of your way through something,
3: you want to know how it sounds? You start, you get an idea, you ignore what is or is not happening and you hold on to the idea until it's done. And that's the difference. There is no vicious cycle when you're living in faith. It is simply is what it is. And you believe it and you believe it until it comes true
1: and then it comes true there's none of the questioning there's no back and forth there's no trying this or trying that or going there or going there because faith says it's going to happen and so it will and that's the difference
3: and so knowing the
1: difference or maybe just hearing it out loud Julie, Cece, Bev, how does that make you feel?
3: Yeah. Knowing the
2: difference and hearing the difference. But do you know what? I actually already knew the difference because I'm living it now.
1: Yes. I love that.
2: Yeah, I'm actually living it now. So the difference, and it's, it's a much, as I said, a much better feeling, a much better place to be. Yes, there's still things that I think are influencing me. And I've I've been looking into that this week. What are influencing me? But I mean, the list is a lot shorter than it was
1: three, four months ago. I love that. A lot, lot shorter. And I'm just focusing on just having one influence, one power. It's the best place to be. I love that so much. Yes, Julie. Yes. Miss Cece, there really is only one power. And the more that we get in alignment with it, ooh, the layers come off quickly.
3: Cece, are you there?
1: I'm in case, come back to you. Okay, Miss Beth? Yeah, um, I'd probably say pretty much what Julie said. I'm super, super, super aware now of my influences and also
0: how I react in relation to my influences. And this is obviously more so for the last couple of weeks that we've been, you know, looking into it. Um, but I realise now that I, I can choose how I respond to a lot of things and, you know, that my, my thoughts are powerful in manifesting certain things. So, I mean, I, I feel I feel a lot more powerful knowing that
3: I'm more aware of what's going on and, you know, more so being a, uh, not a bystander in life, but an actual participant, do you know what I mean? Things aren't just happening to me. Yeah, you know I mean? we and had that room. Happening by accident, I'm you know,
0: there's lots going on, but sometimes you think, Well, how did I get here? How did this happen? But when you really look at it, there's um, what's that word? Is it subliminal? Yes, there's loads of things going on
1: under the surface, and you don't even pay attention to it, you know. So it's been super, super, um, enlightening. I love that. Yes, we're becoming more and more aware. And I think that's the difference. And that's the key. It's awareness is key. What you're not, what you don't know, you don't know. But when you become aware of something, now you're in a position to change, now in a position to apply new evidence. And I think it's crazy because sometimes when we're logical, we're looking for evidence that we don't necessarily ever find, if you get what I mean, because we kind of don't necessarily even believe it's possible. Whereas when you step into believing things are possible, that evidence comes in and that supports your belief. Whatever we believe to be true is always going to be true. And so maybe we have to figure out what we're believing. Cece, are you finished? I am, I'm
2: done. For me, um, I love what Bev just said, because that's actually how I felt like, you know, it's the choice. It's actually the understanding that in every moment, we get to make a decision about what affects us and how it affects us, um, and knowing that we have a built-in guidance system that says, "Oh well, yeah," like how often are we not listening to that? How often could I have made a difference based on what I chose to hear, what I chose to listen to, and um, allow to penetrate me and What did I choose to
3: make or create a belief system about? So it feels
1: good. It's really good. I love that. And I just hope that that's the kind of power that everybody in this room has in their life. The power to know the difference. The power to know that you have power. The power to know that you're connected to a power that can support you beyond anything. But are you really connected to that power? Because another thing that has been alarming in this month of influence is how disconnected we are. By choice.
3: And the moment
2: that you become disconnected. Yeah. Like, are you allowing yourself to stay there? Are you sitting? Are you wallowing? Because I, I've done it. I have felt so off. And I've said, hmm. I, like, you kind of like it then. You kind of you like go, yeah, I'm... I'm actually okay to stay here for whatever reason, whether um, it's because taking the responsibility of getting up from there, you're not ready to do that or because someone's going to come and give me attention here so you don't want to move from there. So it's actually, it's it's the understanding that awareness is key and once you get the awareness of where
3: you are, the
1: acceptance to change. I love that. And you know, when we look at it externally, it's very easy to view people when they're under the influence of alcohol, when they're under the influence of drugs, when they're under the influence of external things that we can clearly see they've taken and has had an effect. But what we're not so good at humans in understanding is when we're under the influence of trauma, When we're under the influence of past stories on replay, when we're under the influence of doubt, when we're under the influence of fear, when we're under the influence of these things and how it's influencing our life, how it's impacting our life, we don't always have the eyes to see those things. And it's crazy how long we'll stay there because we don't know nothing better. If you've been under the influence of fear, you don't even know when you open your mouth how much fear comes out? If you've been under the influence of complaining, you don't know when you open your mouth how much doubt comes out.
2: And again, it's your it's your caption. Closed mouths don't get fed. And the when we watched um Pastor Michael Todd and he explained it again, and you hear it differently. You hear it is not just what you. Take in, but what you put out so actually understanding
1: that even within us we have the power to inspire and influence and do we choose to do that and how are we doing that because we've got to understand when we're living a fear-based life when we're living in doubt when we're living in worry when we're living in pain pain that we just won't really address like we won't get into We're teaching our children to do the same. We're influencing everybody around us when we walk into the room with that energy. That's what we're responsible for. And as much as we think, I'm just being quiet, I'm just in my corner, or I'm just at home, I'm not communicating with anybody, disconnection, disconnection on any form is a true reflection that you are under the influence of something that doesn't serve you because naturally we are here to connect. And so those walls of protection that people put up and it comes out, as disconnect. Many people love to live in isolation. And I'm not talking about hibernation. Hibernation and isolation, two very different things. People that put themselves into like solitary confinement, dangerous place to be. The enemy of your mind. The devil, yo, that doubt in evil, vicious, internal liar. That gets you, when you're in those dark places, loud. So when I say stay connected, it's not just a plug. It's a real way of being. Stay connected because who you're connected to and what you're connected to, that's where you'll meet the spirit. That's where you'll meet it. Close mouths, don't get fed, guys. Stay connected, stay in your power. Become more and more aware of what influences you. Because it's important. Anyone got any final words? Anybody in the audience? Anybody on the stage? Anybody at all?
2: It's been a very powerful month. Um, in all of the rooms, for me, it has, there's just some things that have really hit, um, and understanding what I was under the influence of, and finding ways to spin that, and turn that on its head, and create something, you know, actually create something amazing from those posters has been beautiful, so just thank you for all of the content, all of the um insight and information because this has been one of my favorite months in
1: clubhouse I love that you're very welcome it most definitely has been one of my favorite months too and um just because God just gives me a word guys and then we do it in elevate and because we're doing elevate we just bring it to this stage and we just chop up different angles and aspects of that word just trying to make sense of it trying to understand within it And I never, ever, 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 ever thought that it would be this powerful. Influence has been mind blowing, like honestly. Um, And we've had it from morning from 5 a.m. to all the content that we've put in today in Elevate, it's been a day, but you've had to think. I'm a very spirit led person, but today I've allowed the network to think because it too is important. Sandra says, it's been a heavy session today and it's rendered her speechless.
3: <laughs>
1: it gets like that sometimes, girl. It gets like that. Julie, Miss Bev, any final words? Um, not much, really. It's just that, you know, without, with with all of the outside
3: influences and all the other mess, I've just got to be mindful of the influence I have on my damn self. And you know what I- Amen, saying, girl,
1: amen. Saying, you
0: know, my, thoughts and my own feelings and you know as we said in um said in 5am this morning you know so shall he speak it so shall it be so um yeah just very mindful you know and as I said I'm I'm choosing to a lot of the time more so now than before to be very mindful of what I'm thinking and if I do have you know a negative thought or if I wake up a bit heavy I do have a choice I do have a choice to change that and,
3: you know, influence myself in a positive way. It doesn't mean it solves anything, but at the end
0: of the day, sometimes when you get up in the morning and you think, oh, crap, I don't feel like going
3: to work, you still got to go to work. So you're going to go to work happy or you're going to go to work miserable?
1: It's, it's a lot lighter when you choose to go to work happy. Just make you more enjoyable. And what I love about what you said there is, even when we're talking about us influencing us, I think for me, I've really had to sit with myself this month and say, no, but is that really me? Do you know what I mean? Because there's just some stuff that's been in us so long, we don't even know if it's us. Real talk, true, true, true authenticity. Yeah, we don't know if it's us. Miss Julie, any final words?
2: Well, final words, um, just to say that, yeah, this month has been another, they've all been the same for me, to be honest because they're all so new <laughs> um, I'm just finding more and more cloaks to take off and I'm thinking really there's another one I'm going to be like you said this for the rest of my life isn't it really um, yeah so um, I've actually been doing this evening I've been trying to finish off my relationship circle or my circle of faith been, exactly so I've been um, grappling with that one because again it's it's influence isn't it it's your family your friends music tv work it's it's everything in your life and like you said it's it's for me trying to discern what is influencing me is there anything influencing me what is it why is it is it serving me is it not serving me so it's um it's been a lot and but these things good.
1: take time they yes. do i was saying to Claudine i've been doing relationship circles for years I think I started them in maybe 2016 2015 around there and it would be so interesting for me to pull them all out because I'm telling you people that were on there in 2015 them they there the people people that were on them in the beginning of 2020 are not on them and even more interesting there were spots on the circles at times in my life I couldn't fill Who was giving me vision? Do you know what I mean? When you're the support for everybody else, who's supporting you? Yeah. I might have been surrounded by a bag of people that I could drop in the category that, yes, they love me, but who could I get care from? Who could I get vision from? Who could I get love from? And it's just interesting that when you do them, I, I invite people to do them like seasonal every like three to four months because, yep, that is how fast we grow when we're growing, And you can also see in certain times in your life, you might have the same four or five people around you, but they shift around that circle, depending on where you are, it's incredible. It's such a dope tool to use to look at your life. Um, If you're in the room and you don't know by now, I do a theme every month and at the end of each month, I do a masterclass. This week, we are having the masterclass and it is open to anybody. You don't have to be a member of Elevate, you can join the masterclasses on Sunday evening, six to eight. If it's your first masterclass, it is free. And after that, you are charged to join the masterclasses. So if you or anybody else would like to have a masterclass and in influence, contact me, be there, do not miss it, because it's going to be juicy. Julie, I wish you the best with your circles, because <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> it's real. <laughs> I you know what's funny? so many people in my circle definitely have moved place, but there's there's some individuals that they just got to come out, and they got to come out. Of the circle.
0: They just don't belong in any circle, in any shape or form. As I grow and I have this this self belief and this peace, and as my faith grows and as my peace grows. The need for these people, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to cut them off and say they were useless, you know. Every person in my life was there for a reason and a season and, you know, I'm grateful for all that they offered to my life, but it's like, nah, Mm this ain't going to
1: work. And isn't that amazing when you get to that place? Because sometimes you look at that circle and you don't want to let them go. But when you get to Mm -hmm. the place where it's like, "Mm mm-mm, this is just dead weight, it doesn't even need to be a conversation, it is you get to purposely pick people to be in your circle you do sometimes i'm listening to people and i'm like what are you saying when When i didn't have the vision you know i went and found people that i wanted to to learn something from and i slipped into their inbox i said joel can i sit at your feet do you understand like when you're really dead ass serious about your growth and dead ass serious about who you want to become You will do what it takes. And that's when the logic kicks in. Mm, interesting. (sighs) It's been a great conversation, guys. Um, Yes, please do message me. I will respond to anybody that has, that wants the details for Sunday and I will make sure you get the link to get in that room be great guys and have an incredible evening And guess what we're back in the morning and tomorrow is the last bit of information that I will be giving out on influence and then we'll get ready for get bodied Friday and it will be a wrap but if you've enjoyed the room so far thank you for being here thank you for bringing in people don't forget to invite people to the rooms share the podcast that is not up to date um but it will get there And yeah, continue to listen to anything that you've missed out on or anything that you need is available to you on a cup of tea. And if you just want to send us an email to let us know how you are shaking the room, then please email us at ch at com. We would love to hear from you guys and continue to document your journey. Because believe me, if you're in here and you're listening, you're growing, whether you know it or not. Be great, guys. Have a beautiful evening. Take care. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Salvation is you.
0: I've got a firm foundation in you. You hold me days.